I had a different opening for today's episode and suddenly it's gone from my mind because yesterday was the longest day, wasn't it? I thought today was the, I thought the start of summer is the longest day. Is that today? Yeah. Oh, in which case it's even more prevalent that I start with Stonehenge where the demons dwell, where the banshees live and they do live well. Do people in America talk about Stonehenge or is that just a British thing? I think it's, I think people know about it because of like aliens and stuff, but I think it's mainly just a British thing. We don't care. But there, so there's this, uh, no one knows, what, no one knows where they came from or what they were doing, as Spinal Sap said in their, <laughs> in their, in their song Stonehenge. Uh, but New there, intro, same people involved. Yes, by the way, We'll start the show in a minute. Uh, New York producer, if you're listening, you better not have put the actual opening sweeper in yet because we've not started the show. I'm doing a sidetrack on a date-relevant different bit of... This is like our SNL cold open. That's exactly what this is. Right. Yes. I'm dressed like Trump. Right, and I'm going to be Kamala, and now you have to clap (laughs) just because I'm here. Yeah! Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Doing fuck all. But it's okay, Right now, what um, is it over? I'm no. tired. Can I take a nap now? <laughs> no, it's not over yet. No. Uh, whether he knows the difference between feet and inches is not your problem. It's not your job to be as conf- that's how I was going to start it. Ah. I was going to say it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel. So now, not only do I have to count, I have to know feet and measurements. <laughs> this podcast is getting too difficult for me. <laughs> what I like, uh, I discovered this was, um, so Stonehenge is this place where there's these weird stones in the middle of the countryside in the UK. And no one, no one knows how they were put there. Um, and uh, Yeah, we do aliens. Well, that is one theory. But um, uh, the people that believe in certain things go to Stonehenge in the UK uh, on the longest day of the year because apparently... I don't know, it's something to do with the sun and such like. Anyway, the funny Do they look different? By the way, New York producer, we still haven't started the show yet. Don't put the don't put the sweeper in yet. What? The stones? Yeah. Um like does the sun make them look different? Do I, they do something? Do they dance? Do they like does a noise come out of them and that like tells you where they really came from is like the wind hit them the right way and they're like aliens made us i don't i i'm not sure what the attraction is because unless you told me that stone uh spinal tap were doing a gig there and there were going to be dwarfs that dance around them like there is in the movie I, I didn't have much interest my reason for bringing this up is i was googling something to do with stonehenge because i wanted to make sure that i had the longest day on the correct day which as we found out three minutes ago i didn't because well, I, I don't know I thought, you said it was today i said i I think it's today. I, th- uh, I think it was yesterday. Anyway. It's in two months. So I looked it up and uh, because uh, Google knows ev- where you are and everything about you. Right. Now I live in the great state of Texas. The first thing that comes up on my Google search is not the Stonehenge. It's Stonehenge 2, which is, <laughs> which is, which is in, in Texas. And we have re- our own? Well, it really plays to what you've always told me about Texans, whereby there are some things that are just bona fide Texans 
awesome. But if there's other stuff that didn't come from Texas that Texans like, they steal it and they make it their own. Totally accurate. Such as... Kolaches. Right, and you can find Mexican food here, but generally it's Tex-Mex. It's better, too. (laughs) Tex-Mex is better than normal Mexican food. Our version of kolaches with a sausage is way better than the Eastern European kind with fruit. (laughs) We're just better here. Well, you kind of proved another point, though. Stonehenge, like... The worst part about it is the fact that it hasn't been Americanized. Like, if that was here, there'd be roller coasters around it. We'd have concerts in the center every week. There, it's just like, no, rocks for a thousand years, rocks. How these rocks got here? I don't know. Rocks? I would love it if uh, if every year on the uh, the longest day, might be today, may have been yesterday, Spinal Tap Tribute turn up and play at Stonehenge 2. Hell yeah, Stonehenge 2, the new Coachella. <laughs> But it's only for Spinal Tap. Oh, 100%. And I think they've resolved the issue now because it's a shame. Because if they hadn't, this could have been a reality. But it was it was fact that back when Stone, uh, when Spinal Tap was made, because none of those people were famous, they were, like a lot of artists do, they signed a really bad contract that didn't give them the kind of royalties that they should have. Right. And it's been a long-running dispute that went on for about 30 years that the people that are Spinal Tap have to or had to perform as Spinal Tap once a year in order to retain whatever they got like the paid. Name. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think recently, because it was all going to go to court, they've resolved that issue. If that wasn't the case, we could have pitched that one of their annual performances was at Stonehenge 2. This is still the intro, right? Yeah, are you listening, New York producer? You better not have put that sweeper in yet. Live from Canfield's apartment, it's Monday afternoon. <laughs> All right, one more clap for Kamala doing fuck all. And then- yeah! <laughs> there we go. Okay, now you can start the show, New York producer. Did you, America? Well, I think that was a very successful preamble into today's edition of Did You America? That was fun. Yeah, there you go. Uh, This is the podcast that's called Did You America? Uh, He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. You can find the old ones at didyouamerica.com. If you want to talk to us, you can do via the website. Or you can reach out on Instagram or Twitter. I'm Ian Camfield on Twitter. On Instagram, Camfield off the radio or didyouamerica.com the place to go to for uh, all of the stuff relating to this podcast, including our lovely Did You America t-shirts, which you can uh, which you can buy online. Um, I'd like to address uh, something before we move on, uh, just because it would improve my life at uh, the weekend. Now, I uh, quit drinking about two years ago. I've got no problem with people that still drink and want to go out and party on the weekend. But could I just say, if you are the type of person who goes out on Friday and by Sunday morning you still haven't slept... I'm fine with that. That may have been me at some point in the past. But if by Sunday morning, you suddenly develop an appetite and decide that you want to go to a diner for brunch because you've been out since Friday night, during that fun-filled 48-ish hours that you've had, could you try and schedule a shower 
Oh, no. I went to, uh, well, I was supposed to meet up with some friends on Sunday to go for brunch, and they texted me and said, can we put it back a couple of hours? We're too hungover. And I said, fine, I'll meet you later, but skip the food. I'm not hungover, but I am hungry, so I'm going to go out and get some food by myself. So I go to a diner. And I'm thinking, it's Father's Day. He's probably going to be busy, but it's just me by myself. I want to get food quickly. I'm going to go sit at the bar, right? So the lady who I know works at the diner is, there's a long line of people. And I'm like, there's a seat at the bar. Great. I'll just take that one. And she comes up to me very quietly. I thought she's going to tell me something terrible. And she goes, uh, Ian, um, I would give you that seat at the bar, except for the guy that's sitting next to the seat. He stinks. <laughs> and I said, now, fair warning. Though. Well, I mean, good customer service. Right. Um, the only thing that would improve that customer service is if your nostrils were working to a greater degree so that you, you could have told that he stank when he first walked in and said, go away. And, uh, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't this diner feeding the homeless. Cause he looked, he looked this Sunday morning. He looked like he would have been presentable on Friday night, but now appeared as if he'd been dragged through a hedge, right? He, he's doing his version of like what The weekend was doing for the last year. Kind of. I mean, from behind, he looked like he had probably really great hair on a good day and probably was the type of person that probably spent quite a lot of time styling that hair to go out on Friday night. But it's now about 10 a.m. on Sunday, and, you know, it looks like it's... It's been, it's been through the mill. I've been through several meals okay. is, is, is what it was looking like. And he's got... You None know, of which had a barber in there. No, none of the mills. None of the mills had any kind of uh, any kind of running water because if okay. he'd have come into contact with that, he probably would have stunk less. Low class mill. And he's, uh, you know, he's um, he's got these pants on that look like they're probably quite expensive pants, but they're now, you know, starting to fall down. Like everything about him is disheveled. So, Did he poop his pants? No, oh. no, 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 no. Did no, you no. check? No. Oh. Sounds like he pooped his pants. It wasn't that kind of smell. Okay. It was just a, it was like a smell of- It was an odor. It was someone who'd been partying for two days. So like sweat and beer. I've seen people as, and maybe these, this was always around, and at one point I might have been this type of person. You just notice it more when you don't drink. I've seen people um, at restaurants and in uh, cafes and stuff on weekends, on, on Sundays, particularly in the, in the great state of Texas, that have clearly been having a really, really big night that, that isn't over yet because it's illegal to serve booze until 10 a.m. on a Sunday in right. Texas, right? So I've literally seen people grinding their teeth till about 9.59 on a Sunday morning and then suddenly like 10 o'clock hits and they go, oh my God, triple vodka. You know, <laughs> Ready to that, party. Again, fine, fine if, if, if that's your thing. But don't bring the stinking. So anyway, I'm wait and and you know they're having to keep all the space around him kind of open because he stinks so much. So and now I'm thinking, my God, they're like COVID restrictions will remain around him six feet at least. Literally, it was like COVID restrictions were back in force. I did say to the way, the lady who was looking after the tables, could you bring out one of those per specs things that you had for COVID because <laughs> clear, it was like, like yeah. and she's like, well, yeah, but that would look really bad. I said, it fucking smells really bad. And it's going to keep spreading. You know, this place is only so big. Anyway, so I um, eventually, um, you know, he leaves. And uh, I don't know, he's probably still going now somewhere on Monday afternoon. I've, 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 I've no idea. But anyway, so I sit down the other end of the bar. And uh, I'm chatting to uh, the guy who's running the bar. And he says to me, uh, you know who that was, right? 
And I'm like, someone who stank. <laughs> and he says, that was George Michael's boyfriend. What? And I went, has he not showered since George Michael died? <laughs> He's I'm, been really torn up about it. I'm all for the grieving process. But like, and by the way, so I said, hang on, I've Googled it. George Michael died on Christmas Day 2016. This bloke did smell like he hadn't showered <laughs> since then. Wow, that, that, a five-year stench. So anyway, I said to the guy who works behind the bar, how do you know this? And he says, oh, because he comes in from time to time and he's mentioned it. And I said, is he always in that kind of state? And he goes, hey, this didn't normally smell like that, but he, he's, he's one of the Sunday morning, you know, like, oh my God, it's 10 a.m., I can get more booze type people. <laughs> And I said, uh, okay, anyway, so it's become my mission. That was Sunday morning. It's now Monday afternoon. I have done several Google searches on George Michael plus boyfriend, and I've seen pictures of George Michael. For a man who was in the closet for such a long time, I have found so many pictures of George Michael hand in hand with various gentlemen. This smelly fucker was not one of them, right? Yeah, he was probably like a one-night stand who for years after is claiming like, yeah, we were together. It was passion. We loved each other. Or I'm just wondering if if you're aware of the fact suddenly that you stink, like it suddenly hits you at some point when you've been up for two or three days, you just throw a little bit of showbiz into the equation and that kind of makes everything okay. Is that what happens? Let's say hypothetically down the road, like a couple years from now you get set up on the blind date and it happens to be this guy right. and he smells normal on this occasion right the first thing you're asking him is it either were you really george michael's boyfriend or why the fuck did you smell so bad that one time oh i'm definitely asking why the fuck he smelled so bad that one time yeah you and have I'm, to. i mean and i'm gonna say um was it a big news story here a few years before he died george michael was high on something and he drove his car into the front of a of a of a, of a photography shop in london i was believe that, so that yes. was a, that was a, that was a big news story because i would now say were you in the car was the smell so overpowering that he couldn't see where because to be fair in an enclosed space you wouldn't necessarily have to be high on an illicit sus a substance the stench of you would have made me drive my car into anything you know who he was he was probably the guy from the bathroom that he was really trying to jerk off when he ended up finding that cop instead <laughs> that's who you dude that guy you marry i smell or no smell the stories alone <laughs> Well, anyway, I, it just uh, it, it, it just dawned on me, and I thought there's two things to take away from this. One, if you're going to go out and have a big weekend and you're still going on a Sunday, just try and put, I mean, a quick shower. Just a bit of running water around this man would have right. improved the situation. Anything, a horse bath, you know, a little Axe body spray. Whatever. Just, 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 a, just a little something so you don't feel like you have to fumigate the diner. And uh, secondly, is that just a convenient get out when suddenly you realize that uh, you smell bad or you've done something bad or whatever? You just sprinkle some sort of showbiz. I mean, I've often said to people, never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> and, I and, and, and I, you know, if this guy with his stench and his hair that looked like it's been dragged through uh, several hedges like for three whole weeks, was sitting in the bar and saying to me, yeah, 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 I used to be George Michael's boyfriend. I'd have been like, really? Next time you go to a restaurant, you're going to see someone just like openly puking in the middle and someone's going to walk up to you and be like, you know, that guy used to blow boy, boy George. <laughs> blow boy George. That was difficult. 
<laughs> no, but it was a good idea. I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah that someone's going to be that. That was the rent boy that Boy George cha- handcuffed to the radiator. Do you know that story? No. When he, around that time that he got, uh, he was getting busted for 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 like all sorts. He was having a very bad time, right. Boy George. Tough week. Where was the tough couple of weeks? Because he got busted once. For he, so he he called a rent boy and ended up um, chaining them to the radiator in his house. As one does, and then the and then the rent boy called the cops and said, "I'm a rent boy, technically illegal, but boy George just just did something more illegal to me." Right? <laughs> that that happened around the same time that boy George was so high on coke, he called the cops to his New York apartment because he convinced himself that he'd been robbed. And when the cops came to search the apartment, they just found a load of coke, which I think was what Boy George was looking for in the first place. Like, <laughs> well, you, we've all been there. Like, he basically was so high, he couldn't remember where he kept his coke, so he called the cops to find it for him. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad plan of attack. And, and I can, Bring your dogs, you're going to need them. <laughs> I mean, there is this story, which I, I, I have no idea whether or not it's true, that at one point in the 80s, the Rolling Stones were ordering cocaine to the recording studio that they were working at and to make sure that it got there safely it was being delivered by cops I don't know whether Boy George (laughs) heard that same story and was like well I'm Boy George I mean I'm as famous (laughs) as the Stones if they can have their coke delivered by cops I can call the cops and they can find my coke makes perfect sense to me Uh, but then uh, then he ended up doing some community service where he was cleaning up the trash in New York do you remember that? yeah I see I just like the idea of anytime anything goes wrong in my life i'm just now gonna sprinkle a little celebrity in there like embarrassing moment hey oh my god look there's slash you know embarrassing moment over here like oh my god elton john look over there you know it's gonna work every time i'd like to be there when uh, you get yourself into trouble the next time and go have i told you about when i used to fuck george michael <laughs> oh my god i pooped my pants let me tell you this crazy story <laughs> right. also i now feel weirded out like every time i ever go to a restaurant i notice there's not people right next to me i'm gonna think do I smell? Are they forcing people not to sit near me so they get better tips? Mm. Is this like a common restaurant move? I don't know. You need to find out. I don't You're know. You're the one that brought all this up. You need to have the answers. I do, well, and, and I'm still searching for George Michael and this person, and I, I don't... Uh, well, I, I don't think I, you're going to find George Michael. I, I, would say to the, I would say to this apparent ex Do you have a shovel? I would say to this apparent ex-boyfriend... You need to show me proof. And you know what? Text me the picture of you two together. I don't want to get close enough to see it. You, you know he only ever got dick pics. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about some, uh, some, some America stuff because that is the purpose of this podcast. Uh, new thing out today, the Texas each state... Uh, sorry, the tattoos, the Texas. The tattoos, each state gets more than others. Now, this isn't the most popular tattoo state by state. This is the most popular tattoo by proportion. So there are more tattoos of something proportionately. Do you understand what I'm okay. saying? No. So it's a list of tattoos that each state gets more than others. Oh, okay. Yeah, right? like they... Clearly, clearly, clearly the most popular tattoo in the state of Texas is the map of Texas. Right, Right, but in other states, they're not getting the map of Texas. Right. So then that would proportionally should be the number one tattoo in the state. Mm, 
But it's out of the things that the people get the most. Okay. Am I making sense? So, like, if it has to be something that in other states they get as well. Right. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes, gotcha. yes, yes, yes. Makes more sense Proportional now. representation. Look, dude, I, as you know from the beginning of each episode, I can't count past 10. Right. So, at this point, I don't think I'm ever going to understand it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't need to know. Well, anyway, the, the, the thing that's worth noting here in terms of the great state of Texas is that um, the tattoo that Texas gets more than others is the insane clown posse. Whoop, whoop. I'm all about it. Do that now. Is it like they get the faces of uh, Violent J and Shaggy 2 Dope, or are they like tattooing the clown makeup on them so they are forever juggalos? I think it's anything that's juggalo related. Okay. So, so, I mean, I don't know enough about the inner workings of the juggalos to know what it would... I guess you could have their faces tattooed. I don't know if there is... A logo that isn't their 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 I think faces. There is. They seem like the type that would have a logo. I'm I'm kind of surprised that, that because if you look at the I don't know what this says about Texas as a born and bred Texan. I'll throw the, that question to you because let me get let me give you some comparisons. Right, um, Michigan gets Biden tattooed. What Mississippi gets Trump? Right. Okay. And Pennsylvania gets Bernie. Right, well, that just makes no sense. So, so they're the they're the they're the tattoos that are the the um what lame tattoos? And Ari- there's no like sharks jumping out of water and like eating a pterodactyl. Those are the tattoos I like. Right. I mean, whatever happened to people getting drunk and badly deciding that it was a good idea to have mum tattooed on right. their like, arm? I want Bowser, but he's like riding a surfboard while like the rest of the Mario characters in their Mario carts are riding the waves, chasing him down, throwing the turtle shells at him. Right. Oh God, you're a tattooist. Wet I'm dream. They're going to be like, well, that's a good fifty hours. <laughs> yeah. Do it. <laughs> on my back make it massive <laughs> right exactly you're going to be putting down some kind of down payment for that but also to uh, to give this perspective if it's weird that anything juggalo related is the uh is the tattoo that texas gets more than any other the tattoo that arizona gets more than any other is shia labeouf oh i could see that can you yeah arizona seems like the type that they're like yeah shia we know we love everything about you all this craziness we're here for are they kind of because I keep every time I feel like Shia LaBeouf is in the news, it's for the wrong reasons. Yeah. But, but but Arizonans now going, yeah. But if you put him up against Marilyn Manson, it's cool. <laughs> There's something about the desert that just makes you appreciate crazy that much more. You know, right? I what I'm surprised about though is we've talked about. You know, I may not know a single Insane Clown Posse song, but I love the Insane Clown Posse. And my dream is to be a juggalo myself and, you know, fully incorporate myself in this world. The thing the thing that makes me curious about why Texas has got the most uh, juggalo-related tattoos, they're not actually Texan, are they? No, are they from here? No, that's what I'm saying. I've never heard anyone else in the state of... They're from Michigan. I've literally never heard anyone else ever talk about insane clown posse you're the juggalos in texas right apparently i have brothers and sisters everywhere i mean i just have to start looking at odd body parts if it was gonna be um left hip uh, violent j there he is (laughs) if it was gonna be 
music related for Texas, I would have said Willie Nelson, ZZ Top. Well, right? Insane Clown Posse is in no sense music related. You know, they may be musicians, but nothing about that is music. Uh, it's the lifestyle. Uh, since I've been working in the greatest country on earth, because they are great at marketing themselves, I feel like Insane Clown Posse is the talking point um, on radio shows and podcasts that I've done more often than than you would expect, yeah. right? So from a business point of view, it does intrigue me. And I feel like I've spoken about them so often that there's a part of me that thinks I should attend a gathering of the Juggalos yes. to see what it's like. Did you, America, live from the gathering? Yeah. Make my dreams come true. But I was thinking about this earlier on before you turned up to record this podcast today. And what the, the, the vision of you came into my mind and I thought, no, I should just send Jeremy to do some reporting uh, just because you would blend in more. So much. I would be like, uh, like I could do a whole special report. I'll do the whole paint up job. We'll bring a camera with me. I'll do everything that that I ever planned on doing and we'll get it all on tape. There were, I mean, there were some friends of mine that were discussing a few years ago pre-COVID about whether, you know, we should go to a gathering of the Juggalos just out of interest. And I think we concluded if there was a Groupon deal, then maybe, we, <laughs> you know, we, we, we'd be kind of into it. I would pay double. Really? Yes. To go get the experience. It's my dream. I've said it before. All anyone ever talks about when they get interviewed at the gathering right. is that they're there to do two things. Take acid and have sex with fat girls in porta potties. Call me crazy. That sounds like a grand time to me. Right. And you need to go before the sex with fat girls gets me tooed, even at the gathering of the Juggalos, oh, right? It'll never be me tooed at the gathering. <laughs> That's fully embraced. It does It does kind of support that theory that comes up every so often that um, the two uh, insane clown posse people are actually highly intelligent and graduates from the Harvard School of Business, that they, they studied really high-end business theory and are actually incredibly articulate and educated. And they went, you know what? Why don't we take everything that we learned, which our teachers were intending us to use for great new business practices or on money markets or whatever it is that you're meant to do if you graduate the Harvard School of Business, and we're going to take all of those instincts and that knowledge and basically sell it to a bunch of people who've got shit for brains and make loads of money out of it. God, I wish that was true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to create a separate uh, conspiracy here. You know the Winklevoss twins? Right. They are the real insane clown posse. They're the brains behind it, the money, and they just hired these two random guys from Detroit to you know be their uh, basically uh, mannequins, I guess, for their sick rhymes. Well, the insane the for their sick rhymes. Yeah, the, the, the Winkle in, the Winklevi, the plural Winklevoss. Right, correct, right, right, right. They spit hot fire. What, what about if um, you know these two people that are the insane clown posse that were actually at the Harvard School of Business were just looking at the Kiss model and thinking to themselves, well, kind of like the idea that if we if we have makeup, we, it, we don't even have to turn up because we could it could just be anyone out there. You know, like my theory that Gene Simmons hasn't actually played in Kiss for the last right. twenty years because it's too much effort because he's so old. He just sends someone else out there, and um, and the, and the, and and they go, you know, we'll we'll have our, our version of Kiss. 
But Kiss is four people, and only two of them get along, so we'll just do the two of us. And we haven't got any money for pyro from the get-go, so we're just going to basically market it to people who live in trailer parks and create their own fires. <laughs> right, instead of fireworks, they just, like, shake up bottles of Fago and open the cap. Absolutely, right? <laughs> right, 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 right. I love that. You're totally right. They did just take the Kiss model, and now I'm wondering what's going to be, like, the next iconic face paint band i think i mean the 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 insane clown posse right is the dollar tree version of kiss when you when you think about (laughs) it for sure for sure there i feel like there's a lot of uh you know there's a lot of bands who have tried gimmicks like that but none quite as none as successful as kiss and the next the next level of that is absolutely insane clown posse because they have like the cult following where kiss you know was mainstream to an extent well they're also in 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 line with my theory that they're the 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 dollar tree version kiss have got a lot of hits and still a lot of songs that get played on the radio and again gene simmons is one of my favorite people ever he i call him the american gene because he embodies (laughs) the american dream right right um so you know i'm a big fan of the ideas on paper and i've been to see kiss many times it's a very entertaining show you don't have to be a fan of their music to enjoy the show because something's going bang every 10 seconds it's great but if you just listen to kiss on a musical basis most of it is absolute garbage those songs (laughs) musically speaking are, are, are crap, right? But... This is coming from someone who clearly doesn't want to rock and roll all night. Oh, just... Yeah. Doom, doom. <laughs> bow, 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 This sounds just, great to me. Just power calls with the most basic drumming. I mean, it, anyway, but the point is, is that those songs, musically speaking, aren't very good, as much as I've enjoyed seeing Kiss many times. But good enough to get to the point of being known by many people, still being played on the radio. Again, Insane Clown Posse went, we'll do songs that are even shitter to the extent that we don't need any radio play. No one will need to know any of our songs because I haven't met anyone that could name an Insane Clown Posse song, but you know the Insane Clown Posse. I mean, how genius are they? For all I know, they've never actually put out a song in their life, but you know them as musicians. Right. Genius. Take that, Gene Simmons. All right, coming up in part two, let's do a reset on Song of the Week. We've also got some updates on some things that we've been discussing, such as I think Motley Crue are taking my advice regarding Vince Neil. Um, Courtney Love's apologized. And there's some uh, stuff about uh, Zodiac signs, which obviously I'll be trashing because it's one of our favorite things to do. And because America still cares, there's more royal family news. There's more uh, Megan Sparkles and Hazard coming Woo! in part two of Did You America? Just drawing out the end to really annoy New York producer now because he's going to be like, Jesus Christ, I'd sit through 10 minutes for some preamble about some film that was 30 years old. What else can we talk about? (laughs) Oh, and another thing about the Insane Clown Posse. No, I'm done right. This is part one over. All right, let's do part two of Did You America? Before we get into discussing some other stuff, let's reset Song of the Week. Thank you if you voted over the past seven days for our previous three choices. Jeremy went with Sync by Benny the Butcher, 8% of the vote. Nice. Neil Producer, uh, Solar Power by Lord, 43% of the vote. Uh, well done to Cold War Kids, What You Say, getting 49% of the vote. On that topic, by the way, um, have you noticed how that Solar Power song, the new one by Lord, is basically George Michael's Freedom? 
I so I I haven't listened to the song yet, but I saw that in a headline today. I was like, ooh, we got a little controversy going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't think Lord was born when Freedom by George Michael came out, but you know, it might have been a. She might have played it a lot on Spotify. That's, that's the Royals girl, right? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, little. Wasn't uh, that stolen from something too? Royals. Yeah. No. Mm. Maybe not. Royals seem to me. I remember when Royals came out. And it's think, too basic uh, to be stolen from anything. See, I was about to be really nice about it. I was about to say, well, I remember when Royals came out and thinking like, oh, this is like a fresh sounding new thing. Oh. To Jeremy's ears, it was just basic. Oh, I mean, it's not like, it's not that it's basic, but it's just like, you know, it's a simple beat. You know, it's not like very complex. I, uh, I don't know if producing. Um, was the as Lord. Did, so it's a new story that she's co- co- copied George Michael's freedom. Has she responded? I, I'm, again, I don't know. I only saw the headline. My only connection to Lord is that I used to have a dog whose name was Lord Disick. And because that was weird to say full, I just called him Lord. And because of that, either people thought I was overly religious or that I was a huge fan of Lord. Right. I... If you name a dog after a female solo artist, is that well, being a big fan or just being disrespectful? He was actually named after Kourtney Kardashian's baby daddy, Scott Disick, nicknamed Lord Disick, which is probably worse. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd this like, song, this week's song of the week. I'd like it if Lold was uh, questioned about the fact that she ripped off uh, Freedom by George Michael and then said, uh, oh... Well, I was in this diner once and I met this guy and he said that he was George Michael's ex-boyfriend and we started... And she, he signed off. And she's like, you know, once I saw a photo of his dick, I just had to go home and play some stuff on Spotify and I <laughs> guess, like, freedom just got in my mind and that's that's how it is. If you're going to steal a song, it might as well be Freedom 90. <laughs> right. Uh, new choices for Song of the Week this week. This is what you can vote for via the website or Twitter. I am going for the new one by the Wild Hearts, who are a fine fine British rock band. They've got a new album coming later this year. The first taster of it is out now. Uh, the Wild Hearts song is called Remember the Days. For the two songs who vote for my, for the two people rather, who vote for my rap songs every week, I will be going with Lumberjack by Tyler the Creator. And uh, New York producer is going by Jackie by Eve Tumor, okay? So Jackie by Eve Tumor, Lumberjack by Tyler the Creator, or Remember the Days by the Wild Hearts. If you want to vote for Song of the Week, uh, there is a poll on my Twitter, at Ian Cam Field, or you can go vote via our website, digiamerica.com. That is also the place where you can hear the old episodes of this show or get one of our Did You America t-shirts. All right, latest royal news, because still America can't get enough of the royals. What are they up to this time? How are the Brits going to get out of this one? The new speculation is that the royal split happened because Prince Charles refused to let baby Archie be a prince. That bitch. Wait, Charles is the one that just died? <laughs> no, his oh. dad died. Philip oh. died. Oh, that bitch. Philip, do you know the one that said all the racist stuff? Oh, he's, he's the one that's okay. dead. I'm sure yeah, Charles yeah. said some racist things. Charles, too. no, Charles is more of a tree hugger. Oh, I've hugged a tree once. Right, yes. It was weird. Did you say anything racist? I got very while you were doing it? Yeah, I did actually. Oh my god, okay. 
So uh, this is, and, and again, I don't know if this is just them wanting to uh, get uh, more uh, more press out of the out of the story because for a couple of weeks everything was about Oprah and Harry and Meghan, and then it all kind of died down. You know, a couple of people got cancelled, and Meghan was like, "Yes, two to me. <laughs> I scored against Piers Morgan and Sharon Osbourne." Kobe, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and then it, you know that kind of uh, PR all kind of. Uh, uh, died down uh, somewhat but the new story now is that they were particularly explosive in their uh, anti-royal family views because they'd literally just learned that prince charles was not going to let their son archie become a prince when he becomes king and charles's um take on this apparently was that he didn't want to keep on making the royal family bigger than it needed to be because they cost a lot of money and a lot of taxpayers money goes into funding the royal family in the UK and uh, so on and so forth. So he wanted to keep the family smaller. And apparently they went, our baby's not going to be a prince. What the hell? And then Meghan went, racist, racist, (laughs) racist, racist. And then, you know, Oprah at no point went, well, you need to tell us which one was racist, et cetera, et cetera. That's all old news. Anyway, the new news is they were fuming because their baby wasn't going to be a prince. You know what's weird about all this royal stuff to me? You know, I, I got a little bit of royal news, you know, when there'd be a big wedding and, you know, all the major media sources here in America would be talking about it. Or, uh, you know, obviously I do this podcast with you, you know, every once in a while we do one of these stories. So it's, you know, more in front of my attention than ever before. But I just, I feel like in the last two, maybe three years, the level of stories that has come out about this family is just, I mean, it's its quadrupled in that amount of time. And there seems to be only one explanation to me. And that is, it is very clear that Prince Andrew is exclusively putting out every single one of these stories. Because we have not, we have not had a story about him in almost that exact amount of time that we've now heard nonstop about Harry and Meghan and the Queen and racism. Meghan Markle is the best thing to happen to Prince Andrew. He loves it. Oh, uh, loves it more than flying to Pedophile Island on the Lolita <laughs> Express. He loves it more than that. He's like, they'll never get my hard drive now. I mean, can you imagine, like, he is sweating with just such well he always sweats I know but he's just like my god I'm sweating with such excitement there's a new (laughs) Megan story I think you I think you may be onto something there I I also think if there is any uh, validity in Prince Charles trying to keep the royal family uh, down to a certain size um, it's probably because he's looking at people like Prince Andrew and a lot of the others that have really kind of brought the royal family's name into disrepute. And he's thinking, well, and we need to keep it small because basically, you know, these people are running riot and they're all doing crazy things. The reason you hear so much about the royal family in the last couple of years is mostly down to individuals' bad behavior. And I think that's something that's worth noting in terms of me being anti the royal family, which I am, but also kind of anti Megan's whole stance on it. I've said this- You're just anti people for the most part. Well, I've met people and I don't think I like them. (laughs) I mean, mean, for the most part, in my personal study of people, (laughs) I don't think I like them. Generally, people suck. Yes, people equal shit, as Slipknot (laughs) said. These are mathematic equations that have been proven years ago. I mean, 
Actually, that just gave me another idea. But based on what we were talking about in part one, about how the Insane Clown Posse are the Dollar Tree version of Kiss. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, and then like Slipknot, with their masks and everything, people eat bullshit. They're like the Sears version of Kiss. Where does Guar rank? Oh, um... Guar are... They haven't made it. They're, they're like the Oscar of the Grouch. Like, they live in the dumpster. <laughs> Guar are the... Uh, like, you want us to sing? Gua... Bitch, I live in a trash can. Guar are the food, the soup kitchen. <laughs> Guar are the soup kitchen version and of And no, this. you cannot get seconds. <laughs> Uh, what was I saying? I got sidetracked. Oh, yeah, but the royal family, right? Right. The, right. It's so, um, the, yeah, I'm not, I'm kind of anti royal family, but I also see what, what Megan's doing. But it comes down to, and this is what I keep saying about the royal family. Um, if you're in the royal family, it's like being part of a successful boy band, right? You are basically signing up for a certain lifestyle which is going to bring you great wealth and lots of nice things but also come with a ton of restrictions in the same way that if you are a member of a boy band you can't be caught doing certain things you have to sing everyone else's songs you basically most boy bands are built by design by someone who's not in the band and they're given a look and a sound and a way to behave and for the time at which those members are in that boy band they have to stick to those parameters and as a result of doing that a lot of them become very very rich and then of course you always get the one that goes no no i want to have a solo career or i'm gonna you know i'm gonna do drugs or whatever and then they get caught and they can't be a member of that boy band anymore being in the royal family is the same thing you get the wealth and the privilege but you have to play by the rules because you're part of a brand the royal family is a brand like in uh, sync. All right, so let's break it down by the dynamics then, based off this boy band structure. So you know, with every boy band, you have your leader, your Justin Timberlake, right, if right, you will. Right, right. Now you could say that's the queen. I'm gonna go a different route. I'm saying that that's Harry. Right now, Harry is breaking off. He's doing his own thing. He's the star, making the million dollar deals and getting all the attention. And then you know, every boy band they also have like their you know with it. Uh, I think it was Backstreet Boys. They had Lance Bass, or was he in Insync too? He's in Insync. So then you know he had a little bit less fame, but people knew him. You know he he came out of the closet. Like, also, yeah, his fame a little like, bit like, more. like 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 the royal family. He's the gay one. Exactly. There's, there's, a, there's a gay one in the royal one of family. Those in there yeah, yeah. As well. They just haven't they just haven't come out yet. But then you have your well, your Joey Fatones, <laughs> and you know these are the. The fat, bumbling joke of the group. And, you know, they're usually just there to have a good time until they screw up mightily. And that, that is the Prince Andrew. Jerry Fatone probably sweats as much as Prince Andrew. I've as seen well. him. He does. <laughs> yeah, there is that. But again, I think so. Charles is trying to limit the size of the royal family because he sees them kind of being too big and getting too out of control. And uh, you know, Harry and Meghan want to be have uh, one foot in the royal family and one foot outside of the royal family, and they and they're getting you know complaining about this, that, and and, and the other. And Meghan's done a great job of making it the case that if you go up against her or contest anything that she says you get Sharon Osbourne or you get Piers Morgan. <laughs> so really, you know, she's basically saying, okay, we're going to have our own brand and we're going to step outside of the royal family and we're going to try and make a load of money from that. 
And what, what they've currently done is they've set up a lot of deals that people are now speculating that they may not be able to deliver on. So, for example, they did this deal with Spotify to have their own podcast, a deal which Spotify apparently were paying $25 million for. What? Right? $25 million. Can we have some? To have the Harry and... Well, I mean, yeah. Are they going to be talking about Guar versus Insane Clown Posse? We're on Spotify. Um, $25 million. And so far, they've released 35 minutes worth of podcasts. Ah, that's about... Uh, Do that math for me. I think that's about one a billionth of what we've <laughs> done so far. Again, I'm not great with numbers. No, I was going to ask you to work it out per second. Okay, so that's one... Hold on, carry the three and... <laughs> Can I borrow your fingers and toes? <laughs> and then what comes after 11? But the point is, they're like the member of the boy band who decides to go rogue because he can't stick to the parameters and the way of behaving that you need to do in the boy band. Aaron and, Carter. And they're going to be, right, they're going to be the ones that the industry suddenly thinks, well, they're the real stars. We're going to invest a load of money in them, and then they have one single, and it flops, and they can't even follow it up with, like, album number two. So what you're telling me is in about 20 years, Meghan Markle's going to celebrity box Lamar Odom? Well, I mean, if it's the Aaron Carter... Because I would watch that. If it's the Aaron Carter parallel, then uh, Meghan and Harry's next deal is going to be for OnlyFans. <laughs> I, I would definitely watch that. <laughs> All right, a few other things that we need to discuss today, a few of our other favorite things before we're done with uh, today's episode of uh, Did You America. There's a new Nicolas Cage movie out, and I've watched the, uh, the trailer for this, and uh, it made me think I really should watch more Nicolas Cage than I do because the reality is I've watched very few of his movies, and he's probably... That's shocking to me. Right. Right. That seems like right up your alley. It really is. And I think the thing is, I get too... It's like there's too many apps on my TV now. I get too sidetracked with apps that are there and they keep suggesting things that I like. I mean, for example, this dawned on me yesterday because, you know, your smart whatever knows what you like and who you are. At least twice a week now, YouTube suggests that I would enjoy some random person's retrospective review of Never Say Never Again. The best <laughs> James Bond know. movie, right? The best James Bond movie. And I, I would imagine that Bond is such a huge franchise that there are probably a hundred million hours of Bond fans that have posted their own retrospective looks at all the Bond movies, right? I never get a, here's Live and Let Die, here's Quantum of Solace. All my YouTube gives me is... Here's a retrospective of Never Say Never Again. And I've been watching probably two of these, never re-watching the same one, probably about two a week. I'm yet to find one that says they like it. So I should just give up on that. Yes. And I should start watching new Nicolas Cage movies I, instead. I agree. See, you would absolutely love Nicolas Cage. So you might not like this next take that I have on Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage is possibly Hollywood's greatest mistake of all time. Now, Charlie Sheen is up there. He's fighting for that role. But as of right now, Nicolas Cage holds the mantle. And I'll tell you why. So not many people know this, but he comes from a very famous Hollywood family movie. Hollywood movie family. Mm -hmm. He's a part of the Coppola family. You know? Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, his, I believe it's his uncle or his grandfather is Francis Ford Coppola, his cousin Sophia Coppola. You know, I think they also have a brother in there that's an actor as well. So you know, when Nicolas Cage was 
coming up in the acting ranks, you know, sure, he went with a different last name, but, you know, people on the inside knew he was a Coppola. Right. So he got these great roles, and, you know, early in his career, people start saying, oh, he's such a good actor, he's such a good actor, he's a Coppola. But what they didn't realize is he's he's not really a Coppola, and he's more a Steven Seagal. And so now we've put Steven Seagal in these very big franchises. You know, we've put him in these very big movies. And he keeps doing these very weird things to make us think, I don't know if I want to keep watching this guy act. Because these type of people realize that they're always going to be talking points on podcasts like ours where we focus in on the... Nicholas Cage's, Steven Seagal's, and Insane Clown Posse's of the world. Right. I mean, if you, this upcoming movie, if you read the description and said who's starring in it, those are the three first things I'd say. I'd be like, well, either it's a Nicholas Cage movie, if it's a less budget action film, it's going to be Steven Seagal, and if it's a joke rap movie, of course, the Insane Clown Posse. So here's the description of the film to which I'm referring. He's playing an Oregon mushroom forager and former professional chef. He lives alone in the woods, and one day, his truffle-finding pig is taken. He then goes on a quest to find the pig and the person who stole her. And there is a line in the movie where he says, Who has my pig? (laughs) Now, I'm looking at this, and I'm thinking, well, this is basically... The same as the start of the first John Wick movie. Nicolas Cage is moving into that territory where he's just going to play action roles as he gets older, set up with a very, very strange introduction. John Wick's playing like this ex-hitman, blah, 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 blah. Someone comes and kills his dog, goes on a quest to find the person who killed the dog. That's basically the plot of the first Keanu Reeves' John Wick movie. Nicholas Cage is going, yeah, but Hitman and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't, no, no, no. Let's, let's, let's just like Nicholas Cage this up. <laughs> let's and make so, it as weird as possible. So, but you're still taking the same premise. And for me, it's a bit like, you know, the fact that I still enjoy the reboots of The Equalizer and, and Magnum because it's essentially the same plot every week. Right. I watch this and I'm not taking how ridiculous it is that Nicolas Cage is a Oregon mushroom forager. I didn't even know that such a vocation in life existed. I've just focused on the who took my pick aspects of this. I I think the most intriguing part for me is, I mean, obviously, yes, it's Nicolas Cage thinking, you know, let's do John Wick, let's do Taken, but let's weird it up in my style. But, I mean, that the plot and the idea isn't even the weirdest part about this. Did you see what he looks like in the movie? He looks like an actual pig. <laughs> like, he has, like, a weird face. Like, it's not normal Nicolas Cage face. He looks like a pig farmer. Well, see, he's doing serious acting. I, you know, he... Uh, I would also, like, this is how I... I don't know if this is how the, the, the plot develops, but apparently he's got this background where he was a professional chef and somehow he decided he liked the quiet life. You know what? Like me, he decided I've met people and I don't think I like them. I prefer pigs. I'm going to become an Oregon mushroom forager and I'm going to live with a pig in the, in, in the woods. I would like it if... You know how... It, again, this is where I think this... Although it's a ridiculous starting point, it has the potential to be in the canon of my favorite 
favourite type of movie, which basically is the storyline is always the same. It's just in a different setting. Right. In the same way that in, at the, the start of Taken, Liam Neeson is just your average, you know, happy-go-lucky father, but the daughter gets kidnapped and suddenly you've discovered that he's got these this special set of skills. Nicholas Cage went, no, 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 no. You're not going to give me some sort of secret service, military, blah, 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 background where I can just suddenly break out some moves. I'm going to have been a chef and I know how to use knives. <laughs> like, I, I like the, and, and I, I, I hope there's scenes in this movie where he's cutting up people like you would dice potatoes for a casserole. <laughs> See, I just have a feeling that it's going to be built up like this crazy action film, but really it's just going to be like a very weird, like, this farmer using farmer tricks to get his pig back. I don't think you, you're you realizing the weirdness that is Nicolas Cage. We talked about uh, a few weeks ago, I read Seth Rogen's book that he put out. And in there, he tells a story about Nicolas Cage that made the rounds in the media because I guess originally they wanted him to be the bad guy in The Green Hornet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Nicolas Cage didn't get the role because he demanded that his character be a white bohemian that spoke in a Jamaican accent. And this, before all the canceling, Seth Rogen, give him credit, was like, yeah, having you do that accent just doesn't seem like the right thing to do. So they didn't, they scrapped that idea. And then a few years later, they had another meeting in which... Nicolas Cage got mad at Seth Rogen because he was convinced that Seth Rogen told that story to James Franco, in which case then James Franco stole that role for uh, Spring Breakers. Right. So I think by thinking he's going to be some action hero pig farmer is kind of a ridiculous way to think of it. He's clearly going to be the weirdest version of a pig farmer and possibly a racist pig farmer at that. I, um, well... When you see something with a pig, like, I mean, I'm thinking it's going to be the uh, Nicolas Cage with a pig version of Taken, John Wick, any of those movies. If about 20 minutes into it, it's going to be more like a pig from a Roald Dahl story, then I'm out. Right? Like, <laughs> not for be, that. What I like about this is that um, whoever is doing the, by the way, the movie is just called Pig. Of course it is. Right. I like that whoever's doing the PR for the movie clearly sent this paragraph to the Hollywood Reporter, which is where I'm reading the story from. Okay. Because whoever's doing the PR has obviously tried to write a press release for this to go along with the two-minute trailer that's available for Pig that you can see online. And they've gone, this is such absolute fucking nuts that I'm going to have to put something in the press release to give it some kind of credence. So I'll just read you the press release paragraph that I'm referring to. Some fun facts about foraged truffles. <laughs> That's a great By the start. way, well, just, just to give you the context on this, you've got Nicolas Cage, as you've described him, getting very angry going, who has my pig, right? Okay. So you've got that John Wick... Right. Um, Taken Liam Neeson type setup. That vibe. Third paragraph in. Some fun facts about forage truffles. The shrooms are so valuable, topping at $100 per ounce, that being a truffle forager can be a dangerous profession, as people have literally killed for them. While most associate pigs with... Uh, sorry, while most associate pigs with finding truffles, dogs are actually more typically used nowadays since pigs are harder to train and their hooves can damage root systems. And yes, those dogs and pigs are sometimes 
time stolen. So the premise of Pig the movie isn't as far-fetched as it sounds. Yeah, all that told me is that Nicolas Cage has absolutely killed someone, possibly multiple pigs for truffles. <laughs> and he's now just writing a factual story about his experiences. I am... Uh, well, also, I, I wonder how much he has to say in the development of these movies, because, again, I feel like Nicolas Cage like goes to his agent and goes... Do you know what I was Googling yesterday? Truffle farming. Get me a role as a pig farmer where someone steals the pig and I use my special powers to find the pig. Normally I'd be like, oh, well, you know, at this point he's made so much box office that, you know, they have to just let him do whatever he wants. But all right, I'm looking, I'm trying, I'm looking up his filmography right now. I could not tell you the last decent movie that he's been in. My guess would be the, uh, like, the, now, what's the the Disney series that he did where he looks at the map on the back of the independent uh, Declaration of Independence National Treasure? Okay. Other than that, I could not tell you what he's been in. But that th- was he's good. not the kind of actor that's going to be taking a role in Frozen Three. But that's why he keeps getting these movies and gets to make these ridiculous pig type movies because he has made so much money in his career that generally studios will let him do whatever he wants. Well, I just don't like the idea of John Wick with a pig, I think is, is, is working for me. Whatever. You are the only one though. (laughs) You realize that like you're, you're the exact person there's, they're going for, but there's not many of you. If I was running, well, again, I, I, so, you know, we're back to the being in the never say never again is the best James Bond movie of all time club. I'm in a very elite club with some of my cinematic choices. Okay. Here's the other thing. He apparently does like five to six movies a year and I've seen none of these. Okay, this in 2021 alone, Prisoners of the Ghostland, Willy's Wonderland, Pig, and the Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Have you heard of any of those other than Pig? No, but no, but none of them. Tw- 2019, Love Antaja, A Score to Settle, Running with the Devil, Kill Chain, Color Out of Space, Primal, Grand Isle. Did you hear of any of those? No. I guarantee you, you would love all of them. Is Running With The Devil a cinematic version of the uh, Van Halen song? song? If it is, that would be my favorite movie of all Did time. Did he, have you ever seen on the, on online, you can get the David Lee Roth soundboard, which is just like, just the like David Lee Roth like gang, woo-hoo, <laughs> and ow, and ooh. I would, I would play Did with Nicolas that. Nicolas Cage make a movie version of that? His last decent film, was I, I'm I'm going back all the way to 2015 now. Nope, still nothing there. Still nothing there. Ghost Rider that was horrible. The movie Kick Ass in 2010. <laughs> that was his last good movie. That was 11 years ago. He and I can assure you he has done probably 40 movies since then. The press release finishes with Pig is in theaters July 16. Streaming July seventeen, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, I uh, I can't. I'm, I think I think I'll be sitting this one out. I'm looking forward to your synopsis on the eighteenth. Oh, yeah. Pig. Who has my pig? Maybe the Wicker Man, two thousand six, last actual good movie. I'm gonna be so excited when he's torturing someone with a whisk, using that uh, those chef best movie. 
2003, very underrated, Matchstick Man. Don't know that. Oh, he plays a con artist who has, like, OCD and is kind of crazy. Very good. Isn't he playing a con artist in Hollywood? Isn't that basically his role now? I think he plays a con artist in pretty much everything. He's like, give me a role with a pig. I think he's like, well, I am a con artist. I keep tricking them to let me make these ridiculous movies. Let's play it up. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. All right. I think we are done for another. Oh, just a couple of things to round up before we're, before we're done, because I want to uh, quickly uh, cover this. Uh, remember, we talked about the fact that uh, Vince Neil was uh, doing some solo shows and uh, couldn't hit a note for about 45 minutes and then walked off without finishing the show because his voice went completely. And I said, Motley Crue, what are you doing? You're trying to sell tickets to a stadium tour for next year with Def Leppard. Putting your fat lead singer on stage when he can't sing at this point is not going to help with your ticket sales. Vince Neil cancelled his other shows. Oh, he's getting ready. Well, I don't know if he's getting ready. I think the, um, the manager probably said, Vince... We've been telling people that you're going to be working out with a trainer, getting ready for these stadium shows. It doesn't help when you go play racetrack somewhere looking like you're pregnant. So who's, you know how uh, when uh, Brian Johnson ACDC. fell ill, he, uh, he was replaced by Axel, Axel Rose. Rose. Who's going to be the replacement for Vince Neil three days into this arena tour? Um, I'm guessing Sebastian Bach. That's where I'm going. I think by the end of 2021, Sebastian Bach will be the lead singer the of Molly singer Crew. Of Molly Crew, right? Um, also, uh, you know, uh, we were running the story about Courtney Love. She went on her Instagram and uh, accused Dave Grohl of being a terrible human being who ran off with all of her money. And then, um, kind of uh, worse than that, she also said, "Oh, and by the way, Trent Reznor's a child molester." I saw it. So then she went back onto uh, social media and said that, uh, I'm sorry for that. I will turns do- out I'm the terrible person. <laughs> I will do better. And uh, yeah. Has she? Has she done better yet? I, well, I don't- we, have, we, are not, we have not confirmed if Courtney Love is yet to do better. I don't know. I think this is, goes back to the whole thing with, uh, you know, when her own daughter said that she should be banned from Twitter. This is why, Courtney. This is why. I don't know. You know when uh, celebrities get called out for tweets that they made 10 years ago and people go, oh, my God, I can't believe they said this. And then the celebrity says, oh, I'm sorry about that. I will do better. I'll go to some uh, insensitivity training. And you know the celebrity doesn't mean it. Never. It's one thing that the celebrity said something like that in reaction to something that, you know, might have been considered uh, politically incorrect now in 2021. I'm not sure it works so well if you said that uh, Trent Reznor was a pedophile. Oh, no, 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 no. I will do better. You know? (laughs) I don't think there's doing better than no, that. No, I think the uh, coming off of all social media is the doing better. Yeah, I think, I think she's uh, she's failed at any attempt she's ever done to do better. I mean, just um, you know, if you've got something to say, just go on Howard Stern. That should be on you because she's she's great. <laughs> I think on at it. this point, even Howard Stern's like, yeah, no, we don't do stuff like you uh, anymore. <laughs> I feel like she's always been good on Howard Stern, and he's like, no, 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 no you don't want to go there. Yeah, 2008 Howard Stern's like, Courtney, please come here. 2021 Howard Stern's like, wait, you're not Jimmy. Kimmel, no thank you. <laughs> 
All right, we're done for another uh, few days. Uh, if you would like to hear any old episodes or vote for Song of the Week, you can do at digiamerica.com. You can also vote for Song of the Week on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Camfield there. Uh, Instagram is another place you can talk to us. Camfield off the radio on Instagram. Also on the website, you can get our lovely T-shirts. How great are they, Jeremy? Oh, they feel so good on your nipples. Digiamerica.com for all that stuff. Thank you for listening to this one. <laughs>